Hey friends, your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. I am running a homebrew Numenera campaign called The Rise of the Fourth Emperor. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you enjoy shows like this and you want to help me out and you want access to all kinds of exclusive material like the City of Arches sourcebook, exclusive adventures, a dedicated Discord channel, and access to all kinds of other exclusive material, you can do so by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. To the patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you so much for your support. So in our, our current campaign, the characters are attempting to, to thwart a super powerful entity known as the Fourth Emperor, an, an entity that exists in another dimension that is coming back to Earth after spending, I think, about 600 million years away. For 600 million years ago, the characters, the Fourth Emperor, ruled over all of Earth. Every molecule of life on Earth was under the control of the Fourth Emperor, and then it was thwarted by a sentient virus known as the Hex. Now, 600 million years later on the planet, the Fourth Emperor is trying to come back again. There's populace, there's people, everything like that. The Hex has been pushed away, all this sort of stuff. So the Fourth Emperor is coming back. The characters have been spending their campaign trying to... D- trying to uh, eliminate the threat that the fourth emperor poses to the planet, which is a global problem. They have satellites up in space that are able to drop tungsten rods down on facilities on the planet. They have these huge machines called the skybreakers that are changing the atmosphere to methane. They have these huge, super powerful artificial intelligences known as the heralds that exist in giant spheres that are controlling a lot of the stuff. And they have armies of these genetically engineered, uh, genetically engineered soldiers known as the Orgolians. This is all the fourth emperor. So the characters have been trying to break that apart and have been doing a pretty good job. They now have control over one third of the planet. It's almost like playing Risk. It's like having five characters playing Risk. We have, the characters have managed to destroy a Herald, take over a Herald, actually, with an artificial intelligence of their own. Not an artificial intelligence. It's actually a sentient being that changed himself into an artificial intelligence known as Tekrin. So now they have their own Herald, who is their own super powerful artificial intelligence. They have a whole resource of things that can help crack the data sphere. The data sphere is like Numenera's version of cyberspace, which is where a lot of this stuff is going on all kinds of crazy big scale big scope stuff but most recently the characters have gone to the city of Balarod at the base of a huge a huge crystal construct known as the jade colossus they are there on behalf of one of the characters to meet his brother who they met and find an army of synthetic people known as the glistening the glistening army this particular character samji has a brother so he was there to meet his brother radius there radius and samji are actually one of four brother they're both four they are of four brothers origin axis radius samji's original name was cord but he's taken on the nomenclature of samji so origin and radius stayed in Balarod, which is where they were originally from. They came out of the Jade Colossus. They don't know where they were inside the Jade Colossus. Axis, who was kind of the more warlord and violent type, took off. He, he kind of went off to go start his own armies or who knows what happened with Axis, but the Axis is kind of out of the picture. In reality, Axis has returned and is back in the Jade Colossus and is trying to make sure that nobody wakes up the glistening army. That's what's going to happen in today's game. The characters are there to work with Radius and 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 get access to the glistening army so that they can use it to help take over facilities that they do not want to nuke from orbit that is going to help them as well and the interesting thing about the glistening army is this this each of these are these like synthetic warriors these sort of you know construct these warrior constructs but each of them are able to dive in and out of the data sphere at will they can pop in and out of the data sphere which makes them an incredibly mobile army 
right? It makes them a really, really mobile. It makes them very, very difficult to deal with, which makes them super powerful for makes them super powerful for the characters, right? It's a good weapon for the characters. Something that the it's something that the the fourth emperor does not have. So so that is really neat. So in the last episode, they just they they met with they met with Radius. They had a good kind of, they learned about their quest. They learned about what they need to do. And they're just making their way into an area known as the Howling Caves. The Howling Caves is where the adventure today is going to take place. This is sort of a series of natural and human-made tunnels and chambers that's actually a laboratory built by one, built by the, by the woman who constructed the Glistening Army in order to assassinate the Amber Pope. So that some of that information is going to be coming out in today's game. So our, I think so we can get started. As always, we are using Notion for campaign planning. If you want to learn more about Notion and how we use Notion, how I use Notion for campaign planning, you can find the link to Notion in the show notes below where I talk all about how I use it for campaign planning. I enjoy Notion a lot. It is there are many tools to do campaign planning, but this is the one that I that I enjoy. So we're going to start by making a new session planning template. And we have 31 July. Sunday, Numenera. We have, so some of the characters are out today. Cecilia is out today, and I think somebody else is out too, but I can't remember who. I think we only have four today in today's game. So we have Biko, played by Pat. I think he is going to be there. Biko is an intuitive jack who rides the lightning. I talked more to Biko. I had, I've been having this, like, I need to learn more about what Biko wants. And Biko, and I got some interesting information. I don't really know what to do with it. But these are Biko's thoughts about like the current, I asked like, how does Biko, what does Biko think of the current situation? And his thing is he's, he's losing understanding. His character is losing an understanding of the scope and scale of what's going on. Right. And that's kind of interesting. They're more, more and more confused by the things that are going on around him. He's all for stopping the fourth emperor and he's confident that he's arrived at this point, but he, he feels like there's going to, there's a moment where he, uh, you know, where his special purpose is going to be there. He really sees Cecilia as instrumental to the plot of thwarting the, the, the fourth emperor. A bunch of people have kind of taken on following Cecilia. So, you know, and, but there is this question. So Cecilia, in the last game, one of the big things was that Cecilia used this cipher that she had to essentially make her entire race in both immortal, but sterile. So she said there will, you know, her, her race will no longer have, uh, they, they will no longer be able to procreate, but they will be able to, they'll be able to live forever. So that was a huge change. And a lot of characters are like, I don't know if I would have made that choice, right? And she did. So it was very, it was very interesting. So yeah, you know, not a lot of detail on the character and what they want, but you know, better, right? And the main thing is good. The player knows that I'm asking, right? Uh, so Cecilia is not going to be there today. Uh, Jad the Shade. Jad is a meddlesome Jack who exists partially out of phase. I think he more than anyone else can understand the value of being able to pop in and out of the data sphere, which is something Samji can do as well. Samji now is able to pop in and out of the data sphere. So that's interesting. We have Juniper, uh, who I, I think is going to be there. Juniper is a cheerful nano who possesses a shard of the sun. Her mother... Cassandra is a nano and an Aeon, an Aeon priest and a nano that is working on their behalf inside the virtual world. A lot of the people that they have working for them exist only in the virtual world. We have Nakia, Bene- Beneficent Jack, who acts without consequences. I'm not sure if Jerry's going to be there. 
And Nakia is his mother is now currently this is mother is in Badrav and has been trying to hold the line against the fourth emperor in Badrav. And I think they are losing. So I think that they need to get this army fast and then have it phase into Badrav. And that could be a really fun conclusion to this is if they, they get access to the, the glistening army and they send it into Badrav and the glistening army shows up within minutes of their release and just wipes out every Orgolian in the city. I think that would be a really cool. Like, oh, that's what we did, right? We did all this work to get that army and now we just liberated a city like that. Sam G is the one we've been talking about. A protective glaive who fleshes, fuses flesh and steel has come from this place. This is his home world. So this is kind of a neat opportunity to take one of the characters and sort of build a scenario around them that everybody else gets to enjoy, but really is focused around one character. The only tricky bit is when that player doesn't happen to be there, which sometimes happens. But I think as far as I know, Sam G is going to be there today. We're going to start with her fantastic locations because we have the, the laboratory of Orstenia Mall. Right. So the, the strong start today is going to be they're, they're entering. I'm probably going to do a bit of a jump cut, right? Following the map into the Howling Caves and then the first beast. So they've heard rumors that in the Howling Caves, which leads to this laboratory of Ostenia Mall, which is where the glistening army is being kept, that nobody who's gone in there has survived. Right. And I think there are like creatures, probably like half synthetic creatures. This would make sense. Sort of half synthetic creatures. Oh, I've, I've got a monster that they might face. It'd be interesting if they remember this monster. They might. That there's sort of half synthetic creatures that were built by Orsenium all that have sort of gotten free. Right. I think that that might be, I think that that might be fun. So my thought is that they will face one of these creatures. They'll have a hard time fighting it. And then they'll find another one that's been killed. You know, they'll find another one that's been sort of hacked apart and they'll be like, huh, who did that? And they'll find out there's other people here that have also been making way. So I think let's take a look at the bestiary. So I have three bestiary books and the one I'm thinking about, I can't remember the name of it. It's like a gorilla monster. It's a great big gorilla thing, but I'm generally looking for a high tier, like six tier six, tier seven, probably maybe even a tier seven. I think that they are. They are, they're able to face a tier seven. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of the gorilla monster. Ooh, this one's cool. A blitzer. Look at that guy. That's not bad. I kind of like that. The level's not right, but you can just change it. <clears throat> this could be, wow, it looks just like the cyber demon from Doom. I think we're going to grab this guy. Blitzer, page 25 of the B1, page 25, right? But it's level seven. Level seven is really hard because you have to, to hit it at all or defend it against at all. You have to spend a lot of points, but the characters are high in their tier right now. So they, they generally have an ability to deal with them, but that's going to be a hard fight. Level seven is a hard fight. That will probably mean he can attack a couple of different creatures at it. So that is the first one. Face a blitzer, then find a dead blitzer hacked apart by Axis, but they won't know it's Axis. Then confront Axis and release Axis, the glistening army, and decide how to deal with the glistening army. Do they take direct control, essentially a drone army, or do they give them free will? That could certainly be a factor. So, and then send the glistening army against uh, Badrov. Not against, right? To free Badrov. So that's pretty much the current scene. And then 
just, you know, to kind of get my head, this is that think two horizons out, right? I want to think through all of the different things that they have in this adventure, but I'd also like to know sort of where the campaign is headed after that. I don't like, I don't need to plan everything out to the nth degree, but I, I want to just have a general idea of some of the options that might be there. And I think Navro and Burham, two NPCs, who I can never find. There they are, N-A-E-V-R-O, Navro and Burham, show up at Balarod. Probably journey to the deep and then face the fourth emperor at his throne, his underwater throne. That's probably, those are, those are the good beats, I think. I think we're, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to get to the end conclusion of the campaign. I think we are, we are heading to a good spot. They've, they've managed to do a lot. The scope is really big and, and scale, but I don't want to like extend it out there. Like, oh, they have to get control of more. They have to get control over more heralds. They have to take more control over the world. I don't, I don't think I want to do that. I did have some, I, I think I did have a choice. So they send the, the glistening army to Badrav, and then I think the Hex can take the glistening army and use it to break the remaining heralds and their eyes. The eyes are the satellites up in space. It takes a mix of the Hex, the glistening army, and the quad cores. The quad cores are nanos, which are like the Numenera equivalent of wizards, where four of them have joined into one sentient personality. Four different nanos have come together to be one central personality. And they are powerful enough that they can crack the, the data sphere encryption that the fourth emperor uses to protect things like Herald. So they can, they can break in the front door. They can send in the glistening army to destroy whatever's inside of a Herald. They can, the hex can take over a Herald. The glistening army can data sphere up to an eye and then take over the eye as well. And that could be, that could be connected. So that's an option. The, the, the problem with doing that is you are giving more control over to the hex and that could be very dangerous, right? So the hex has a way to use the quad cores and the glistening army to take over the remaining heralds and the eyes above the earth. But doing gives doing so gives the hex control over all of these resources. And they know the hex is what destroyed the planet 600 million years ago to get rid of the fourth emperor. So they don't really know what that means. That's, that's dangerous. So what else do we have? We got the strong start. We got some scenes. So some secrets and clues. Orstenium. So some of these I'm going to, I know I do as I say, don't do as I do. I should rewrite all of mine, but I had some good secrets last time that we didn't really use. Here we go. So we're going to grab, I'm just going to, I'm using it to save some time. I know what they are. The Glycening Army is built by, the, by an Aeon priest named Orstenia Maul, who wanted to use the army to take down the Amber Papacy after being cast out. Is it Papacy with an A? Hey, look, I, I can spell. The, so that, that's something. She specifically wanted to overthrow Acumen II. She was poisoned and died before ever waking up the glistening army. Those are, those are all, these are, these are good secrets that I can recycle from last week. Lazy, lazy DM prep, exactly. And even lazier. Saizan released Origin, Radius, Axis, and Samji. That is a secret that I did, did not reveal last time and I think is going to matter here. Axis hunts those... Axis lives and hunts for the glistening army. 
He hunts for those who hunt for the glistening army. He has the truth of the army's purses and believes no one should have access to it. Let's see. Neither the Hex, Tacron, and the glistening army can take over the other heralds and eyes together, but together they could do so. All that's needed is to infect a few members of the glistening army with the Hex and arming them with the spears of the quad cores. So I, I already kind of had that one, but that one's better, right? Well, we'll just we'll just replace this guy. So those are, you know, that boy, that's lazy. Do I have six secrets already? It gives me six secrets that I haven't revealed. I had a lot of extra secrets from last week that I didn't get to. So that's fine. Well, let's look at the stuff they did learn. Radius leads a resistance group against the Orgolian invaders. They learned that. The Eye of Faradon tried to drop a tungsten rod on the Jade Colossus, but the Colossus destroyed it on the way in, which means it's kind of sentient itself. That was something they learned. Like Jad, the Rorthix can phase in and out of the world. They fought, oh, they fought the Rorthix. was a hard fight. It took most of the game, or it took a you know, good hour to, for them to fight the Rorthix. And the interesting thing is they used a cipher to cut off Rorthic access. So that means nothing else can teleport out, which is kind of interesting. Radius and Samji had another brother named Origin. Origin knew about the Glistening Army. Oh, so what the secret is that? Slew Origin and wears his head around his waist. Origin. Sometimes he activates Origin's head and talks to it. Origin forgives access but wants him to change his ways origin thinks axis may be right about the glistening army it's too dangerous for any one person to control i think that's kind of fun what else they lewd? When and how in caves never came back. Radius wanted to go in after him, but befriended, but defending Balarod took his time. Yep. Jay Colossus Delver named Suzanne discovered the glistening army in the depths of the thing, but was killed. Yep. Axis disappeared years ago. Yep. Howling Caves are known for a particular hostile section of the J Colossus. Very few go in. Yep. Jad the Shade was way of phasing is, is the same as that of the Rorothix. Yeah, the Rorothix can can phase in the way that Jad phased in. So that that worked out well. Let's see. I have a whole bunch of NPCs. Sometimes, and this this happens, sometimes you do a fair bit of prep. You get you get ahead of the game. This is this is a good tip. I should I should turn this into tip. Sometimes when you're doing your prep, you get ahead of the game. You actually prep enough material that you have more than one session. And it helps you to go over the notes from that session. But sometimes you can actually use one set of notes to go over multiple sessions, particularly if you're doing like a big dungeon delve. It's actually can be kind of easy. This is one of the reasons why I like prepping dungeons is that it's really easy. Sometimes it's easy to prep an entire dungeon. You have all the secrets and clues. You have all the monsters. You have all the NPCs. You have all the major plot areas. You have all the things that are going on. But it takes two or three sessions, which gives you a little bit of a break because, you, you know, like, oh, I've already got a fair bit prepped. And that's a little bit where I am today. I have a lot of stuff already prepped because I prepped it last week. And now I can just kind of refine a little bit. I can just sort of look at the locations and I can kind of figure things out and make sure things are cool, make sure the monsters are cool. So yeah, so it's, it's handy. Sometimes you can do a little bit of prep, especially if you know they're going into like one location. Maybe they're doing a heist against a, a manor or maybe they're going into a larger dungeon and you know it's going to take a couple of sessions. And in that case, you can prep it once and you can use a lot of your notes again. So it works out really well. And it's working out for me today. Monsters. Look at that. I didn't use any monsters. Oh, because I kept the monsters in the Howling Caves. So that's fine. But I did add one monster. So I will add the, what did I call them? I didn't call them that. The Blitzers, right? We'll add them to my monsters, my monsters list. In the, in the Howling Caves, right? Any other NPCs, Axis, Origin, Radius, we always need Tacrin. Tacrin the Herald, former Exgate, right? That is, he's always with them. He's sort of a sentient item. I like that a lot. 
And what else? Treasure, we always roll randomly. I kind of like that. I think that is good. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Two more secrets. What are a couple? I, so the idea of like what Sizan, Sizan did, right? Sizan, what happened to Sizan? Did Sizan get killed? Managed to release four, the four, four brothers. But after going in, was killed. What killed him? Did Axis kill his own father? They, not his father, kind of his father, right? They always thought, they always th thought Sizan was killed by a random nasty monster. But in reality, it was Axis who killed him. So Sizan is dead. Axis killed Sizan. Axis probably feels really bad about it, right? But it was the first time that Axis really believed no one else should have access to the Glistening Army. So that's a good one. That's a big secret. Four-line secret is probably too big, but that's fine. What else could they... Anything else they could learn about Saizan? So it was probably... It was hundreds of years ago. We've got to think about the timeline a little bit. Right and yeah, here look at this. They have the they have the timeline ago. So it was a hundred years ago is when Arstenia Mall. I guess we can put the timeline right in here. Right, roughly a century ago, Glistening Army is built by an AM priest named Arstenia Mall. We can make an NPC. And one thing that we do here is creator of the Glistening Army. And I think her personality is still around. Boy, I use virtual personalities a lot in this game. I think she's she's a bad person, right? Transferred her personality. Oh, no, I think she's in stasis. The hex can cure her. She still wants to use the glistening army against... She still wants to use the glistening army against the Aeon Priests and the Amber. Amber Papacy. She still... She doesn't care if it's 100 years later. She doesn't care that he's dead. She thinks that whole organization is corrupt and should be destroyed. And she wants to use the Glistening Army to do it. I think that would be pretty cool. So those are some good secrets. But let's, since today is primarily about delving through the dungeon, let's take another look at the Howling Caves. So this is the map of the Howling Caves. And I wrote a bunch of, I wrote a bunch of different potential locations. But I think we're going to start off with, you know, whatever direction they go, they're going to get attacked by by what that what's that thing called that I just I was just looking at a blitzer maybe it just rushes them I think they just get attacked by a blitzer because that's a strong start right so they get attacked by a blitzer then they find a blitzer hewed apart by axis we and then I wrote a bunch of different random locations and because we've got some extra time I can actually start to think about these things a little bit more but you know what would be a fun secret that the technology, this is this is a little like, oh, really? Like, what are the odds that this would be the case? But I kind of dig it. Dania, her technology was built from the same fourth emperor tech that made the Orgolians. But hers is better. So I think she might have some ancient technology here that she used to build the Glistening Army. And that's this gravity-defying smoking reptilian constructor, right? That that that's one of the that's one of the locations. 
nano-laced burning cybernetic furnace. Where might that be? So then in this case, I can, I can kind of think about where these things are. And I should, maybe I'm going to bold the ones that I think I really want them to see, right? There are some where the glyphed encapsulated AI based old bones. Like, yeah, here it is. Cracked ancient superhuman stasis chamber holding Orstenia, right? I think that that, that is something I want them to, to find. The glowing smoking primeval monument, a cybernetic effigy. P perhaps that was built by Axis, right? That would be cool. Thunderous cracked AI based archway. I don't know what that would be. Archway to where? Could be a data sphere vertex. Vertus. That could that could work. Thunderous floating machine stasis chamber. I have another stasis chamber, right? I already have this one. This could be a where the where the what are they called? The monsters that I had. The blitzers. Page twenty-five. Where the blitzers came from. There might be a few of these though, right? Transparent chaotic ooze-based megalith leaking planar battery, right? I think that that's kind of cool that there's this power source in here that sort of fuels it, but it's sort of leaking and it's nasty. I like that. So we have a data sphere vertus. We have this leaking planar battery. Uh, we have the glowing smoking primeval monument, which is a cybernetic effigy built by Axis, parts of which are origin. I'd like them to kind of see that. Transparent moss-covered primeval megalith. I have another megalith. What would this one be? I don't know. I don't know what that would be. A dead, maybe a dead battery? A dead power cell. It's been all used up. And now weird moss is growing on it. And maybe a monster. Another dead excagate, similar to Tacrin. This could be an AI that or used to help build the glistening army and the Orgolians from, from Orgolian technology where the, the furnace is where the glistening, where some members were forged. But the mystery is it's not nearly enough. So I think another fun secret would be that the original members of the glistening army were built in real space, but replicated in the data sphere. And what did we decide? Two two of the four brothers are required to open the vault of the required to open the vault of the glistening army the vault is actually a pocket data sphere node containing 10,000 members of the glistening army so that's cool see like i, I do my 10 secrets and i'm like hey here's five more but it works. That looks good. What other other howling cave stuff do we need? So we got some monsters that I can roll on. The blitzers are not really a, they're not one that I would roll on, but these other ones I might roll on depending on what might be kind of interesting. So I've got secrets. I've got the location. What else, what else do I need? I think I've got a lot. So we can do a little bit of homework. So th this looks good, right? This, again, it was easier today because I already had a lot from yesterday and I think, or from last week. And I think that, I think I feel good about being able to run today's game. I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty, pretty, I think it'll be pretty smart. I do want to think a little bit more about where they're going. And I have one of the books. So one of the re reasons I'm so excited about running Numenera is I have like a hundred Numenera books. 
And I really want it because they made a lot of books for this. And I want to use as many as possible because I don't run that many Numenera camp. I don't run that many Numenera campaign. So I want to enjoy that. And one of them, let's see here. One of the books I have is Into the Deep. Cool cover, right? Look at that giant eye. And I think the final arc of my campaign is actually going to take place in the deep. I think I'm going to mix. It's going to be a bunch of places. It's going to have the deep. It's going to have the beyond or whatever they call it, the outside, right? It's going to have the data sphere. It's going to be connected and the real. So it's like four worlds sort of connected. And I want to, you know, kind of seed my, my thoughts about what they might find down there. I can go with the great big idea of a massive underwater, you know, Cthulhu, right? Like we could do a little bit of Cthulhu sort of thing. So like what is, and we can actually do this, right? We'll go here. We'll go to locations. We'll make a new one. I'll call it Throne of the Fourth Emperor, right? So what are some characteristics of the, the Throne of the Fourth Emperor? Massive, mile high uh, ziggurat under the ocean many miles under the ocean right so what other uh what other kind of fun things is there about it i don't they probably have their own sort of you know they have their own underwater race genetically built to serve the throne what else there's maybe it has its own herald so there's a herald that's just in control of the throne. And the herald will be a cool name. We'll go to random names. Where's the fantasy name generator? The fantasy name generator is always pretty good. And we'll go with some fantasy names. What would be a cool? They have like science fiction names. Alien names. These are not bad. Get, just give us a seed. Daron. How about Daron? Is that too simple? Deranon. They have ta Faradon was one. Deranon's a little similar. Derakon. Derakrin. There we go. Herald of the Throne. New subpage in Numenera database. Bang. Derakon. Herald of the Throne. So there's one artificial super intelligence, alien artificial super intelligence called Derakon. Derakrin, the throne, the Herald of the Throne who is controlling what's going on down in this massive ziggurat. Uh, what else we got? Maybe I can find a cool picture here. Gateways and portals. That's cool. I'd like to know the name of the city where, where Navro and Burham spend their time. It's kind of cool. That's cool. That looks like that theater in Australia. Just having a nice look through this book to see what the drowned city of, of Klee, prior world city. Cleoids. This might be fun. I don't know if I need the Drowned City. Do I need the Drowned City of Clee? Yeah, the, the Ziggurat. That might be kind of interesting, right? Pop this open all the way. The Ziggurat is within the Drowned City of Clee. And this is from Deep Page, page 25. And the Cleoids could be these uh, called called Cleoids. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. I like this. What's what's that for? This could be it. Like what if 
I like this. The drown, maybe the ziggurat, it's an inverted ziggurat, right? Massive inverted ziggurat, many miles into the ocean in the center of the drowned city of Klee. That's cool. Anyway, I can use this whole map. Unknown temple. Where is one? Oh, that's on dry land. Yeah. I wonder if the Klee are like underwater aliens. So those are kind of cool. It's got lots of cool locations. I'd love, I hope they have some kind of cool underwater spherical thing. Look at that. There's a big city on top of a giant crustacean. That's cool. Look at that thing. Out to sea. Octop octopi with spears. The Coral Cathedral. Now my cat's whining at the door. Oh, I like this. Except that's not what Klee looks like. The unfathomable depths. That's, could that picture, that, that, that's a weird one, but maybe the, the, the herald from below is not a sphere exactly. It's almost organic. It almost looks like a crazy brain, like a floating brain. I kind of dig that. All right, that's kind of cool. Like turtle people. I don't even know what that thing is supposed to be, but I think it'll work as a herald. That's cool. There's so much neat stuff. Boy, they're so creative, the folks at Monty Cook Games. It makes such awesome, such awesome stuff. Oh, I love that. I don't even know what that is, but but I like it. And we're going to stick that piece of art. That's a neat picture. Oh, there's people freaking out. The inner sea. Another kind of cool. Harold. Creatures of the deep. Do they have Klee in here? Cleoid. Cleoids are level six. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at that. Level six. That's kind of interesting. This could be like a Cleoid Prime, right? Because that's really powerful. I can imagine a city of level six guys. They, they destroy you. But I think a lot of these creatures could be... I'm going to say that a lot of these creatures are Clee. Like this guy. Perfect, right? Heldran are Cleoid constructs that are like underwater versions of the Golians. I think that would be... Look at this guy. He's like a Kraken. Karun. Mercurial Wasp. Ugh. Octopus with a spear. Omoth Ranger. That's kind of neat. Shore Stalkers. And that's it. So neat stuff. So I, I can definitely use some... Uh, there's a bunch of monsters from here I can certainly use. And I can. I think I'm going to use that underwater city and that that will be sort of the... What page was it? It was like page 26, right? The Drowned City of Klee, I think, is a, a perfect... I think that's a good thing. So I think that that, I think that that will work out. But I am, I feel like I'm all set for today's game, certainly. And I think I'm set to run games in the future. I think I've got some, some, I've seeded some ideas that I think I can use for the sort of the conclusion of this game. And the idea that the conclusion of the game takes place in the drowned city of Klee. In fact, I might want to make a new location for that while we do. We will create, we'll change this to the drowned city of Klee, throne of the fourth emperor. And was there an actual pic? I don't think there was a picture of this place. They have this, but I don't know. Certainly they have this map. That's cool. We'll grab that. So some kind of image. I wish there was a better image of that city. There was that cool picture earlier. It doesn't fit, but eh, it's close enough. It had a bunch of, you know, upward ziggurats. Where was that? We'll just grab that one because I liked it. That guy. Right? And nobody will, they won't know the difference. Nobody will be paying attention. Grab that and paste that in here as well. 
gives me something pretty to look at. So that is good. Got that cool, cool stuff. This is an NPC and a villain. Yeah, I think we're all set. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me today while I prepared my Numenera game. If you enjoyed this show and you want to help me out, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter and get a free PDF adventure generator plus a new article sent to your inbox every week. You can support me directly on Patreon, getting access to all kinds of exclusive material and exclusive products and things that I even use to help me with my Numenera game. You can pick up any of my books on the Sly Flourish bookstore, or you can subscribe to my videos on YouTube and like it and send it to your friends and let people know that you enjoy the stuff that I do. You can find links to all of that in the show notes below. Thank you all very much. Have a great day and get out there and play a role-playing game.